0: Things you need to take into account when you're subdividing is: are there slope concerns on some properties? Um, and just looking really deep into it, you got to think about the end buyer. Always think about the end buyer in mind. Um, and if you do that with these, I think it's they they work out ten out nine out of ten times, ten out of ten times.
1: Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. And today's topic, we're discussing breaking down the numbers on our recent subdivision. I'm your host, Daniel Apke, joined again by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Before we get into the show, let's go over a question from one of our featured Discord members. Today's question is from Dan. Dan asked, what is your strategy with posting on Facebook? Are you using a personal account, business group, et cetera? Would love to hear more about your strategy. Yeah, Dan. Really good question. For our company,
0: since it's not Daniel or myself who manages Facebook, we kind of have what I would call is like a burner account for that. Um, so if someone else needs to do it, it's not like connected to our personal account, um, and that's what we do. We do have uh, our salesperson that position who is posting on Facebook for us. How we do it? You always want to make sure you get on Marketplace. You want to make sure you're getting in local groups. I think local groups are a great place to sell property, whether it's local buy and sell groups, whatever it is. The key to Facebook, you're not going to have a ton of leads per viewer, but if you can get it in front of as many eyes as possible, you will be surprised how many properties you sell, especially sub $50,000 properties, Dan, I think, um, on Facebook. Facebook is a great place to sell 20 to $40,000 properties and cheaper as well.
1: I agree. And you got to build up like your profile reputation almost. And if you, you know, right when you, you're going to be at higher risk getting shut down right when you open it up, I think, Ron. But as you build up the post and build up your profile, it gets more insecure over time, I think. But let's get into the show. Today's topic breaking down the numbers for a recent subdivision. And we wanted to talk about this one because there's a lot of money in it and it's really, really fun projects to do. But two, everyone seemed to, ask us a lot of follow-up questions, Ron. Once we, when we talked about our subdivisions and what we're doing and how we're, you know, subdividing doing minor subdivisions, it brought up a lot of discussions in the community. It opened up people's minds to what they can do. And I think it's just a really good topic. It's another niche, but you know, it's uh, you're adding a lot of value to the seller's plate, I think. And we're going to get in into that in this episode, Ron, but let's talk about that. We bought a 69 acre property that had potential for a subdivision. Let's just break down that property to start.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the first key to getting a subdivision typically is getting a survey. So that property we're buying for 130 or we bought for $134,000. Again, the key to all this, Dan, uh, the majority of the time is getting a good deal on the buy side. Were we buying for 50% of what it's worth? Probably not. It's probably a little more than that, but I think it's worth like 220 to 240 if we sell it as is. And that's why this deal made sense. If we would have bought this for market value, 240, 250, whatever it is, I don't think the deal would make sense really. Even when I break down the numbers, it might sound like it makes sense to you guys. Um, But yeah, I mean, it turned out when we got survey, it turned out to be 73 acres, not 69 acres. You always want to talk to the county up front and see what the restrictions are. One thing we talked to the county about is they said under 10 acres, you cannot put a mobile home. So I told my surveyor, like I want as many lots as possible without going under 10 acres. This is an area where we need mobile homes. It's not going to sell anytime soon if there's no mobile homes allowed. So we pushed towards that. So we got 7, 10 to 12 acre property, something like that
1: yeah and we've we've got what four extra acres from subdividing it, but it can go the other way too. We've had it go the other way where you get four or five ten less from subdividing it, and it usually balances out but real quick, guys, you know that I don't run any ads on this, so the only ask I can ever have with you guys is to help me spread the word so that we can help more real estate entrepreneurs make more money, help feed their families, and help achieve more freedom in their life. The only way we can do this is if you could rate, review, and share this podcast. so the single thing that I ask you to do is if you could just leave a review, it would take only 10 seconds. It would mean the world to Ron and I, but more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. Yeah, we wanted to sub this, subdivide this one simply because the size of the property, the location it was in, the realtor we have. We have a really good realtor there. Uh, seems that we have a good surveyor. He, he was able to get it done in a pretty quick... I mean, we bought this a month ago, Ron, and I, I believe the survey is getting all wrapped up and done and posted. All of that good stuff. And I think what really makes it for a good subdivide opportunity is not only the size, 69 acres, or I guess 73 acres now, but the road frontage. This property has 2,500 feet of road frontage. So it was extremely easy. You know, If you have a thinner property that's long and you need to subdivide it, a lot of times what you're going to need to do is put some sort of road or clear it off in the middle run and then put the properties on the right and left side, if that makes sense. But for this, we had so much road frontage. It was like a rectangle in the longest part of the rectangles on the road we could kind of just slice up uh vertically along the road which made it really really easy to do and that's one of the main things is we saw the opportunity for an easy quick this is such an easy subdivide it didn't we didn't need to put in any any roads anything like that this was a really good opportunity for one round because of how easy it was to split up with all that road frontage
0: yeah for sure and that's why i like this property so much is it just everything was natural about it like we didn't make any awkward shaped lots like all these lots are ideal 10 to 11 acre lots and when you are subdividing if you do have to make awkward lots you gotta assume those are going to sell a little less than market value but when you can make when you have 2500 square or feet of road frontage whatever it is we can give each lot 400 feet of road access um, and have very good depth to the property as well. It just made a whole lot of sense. And all of these lots are shaped in an ideal way. Um, obviously, the slope, different each one is rolling a little differently with the slope, but it's none of them are overly sloped. So that's things you need to take into account when you're subdividing. Is are there slope concerns on some properties? Um, and just looking really deep into it, you got to think about the end buyer. Always think about the end buyer in mind. Um, and if you do that with these, I think it's they they work out ten out nine out of ten times, ten out of ten times.
1: Yeah, the risk is really low, especially with the lay of the land. Like you to check if a survey or if a subdivide's gonna be a good thing for your property. A lot of times you just wanna split it up on paper and kind of see the like Ron said, see the slope of every property. Maybe one property is in a hundred percent wet uh, wetlands or something like that. So you need to make that two properties. For us to do this, we had to make sure that all seven properties make sense and are sellable. We essentially want to make sure that all seven properties are, you know, Ron appealing to the end buyer. And that's the thing I see a lot with poorly done subdivisions that one of the most common mistakes people do is they subdivide it up without looking at each one individually. You have to look at each one just because it looks good on paper, doesn't mean that there's bad slope or it's wet or whatever the situation, where there's junk over it, whatever the situation is around you you want to make sure each one of those properties is sellable and then there's a buyer out there for them. And that's one of the main things with this.
0: And I think that makes realtor relationships really important with subdividing. And that's why I never go to an area and subdivide right away. If I don't know a realtor, if I don't have a connection like that, this is some, this is an area we've done a ton of deals in. Um, I felt very comfortable with the realtor. I knew he could get the job done. I knew he he had the survey contact as well. Um, so it's just a lot of things came together in this area that just along with the deal being perfect for it, that just made us like, there's no way we're not going to subdivide this.
1: Yeah. And we've done it on other properties too. So we're just talking this one. This is going to be a big part of our future business as well, but we've, we've subdivided on other ones that don't make, you know, it's not taking 70 acres into 10, seven acre lots like that, Ron. Um, It's not as simple as that. Sometimes we're taking four and making, you know, we're taking 40 acres and making two properties, taking 10, 10, acres and making three or four. It just really depends the situation. And that's what you guys need to kind of go into your subdivision plans with a blank slate because you want to make, like I said, you need to make sure it makes sense on all sides. You need to make sure the f- funding, like the return makes sense. Sometimes the return doesn't make sense Ron. Yep. Uh example, like 20 acres, splitting 20 acres into two 10 acre lots that 20 acres might be worth $200,000, but you split it into 10 10 acre lots. And that's only, it's going to get you, you know, 210 or 15,000 from both of them. So you want to make sure from a financial aspect, it makes sense too. And, and that's the thing. It's kind of combining using your realtor, using what, you know, looking at the market, seeing what those are going to be sold, selling for. What are you buying it for? It's kind of taking the whole, I guess, due diligence and information on the property and coming up with a subdivision plan to make sense because they, you can put these together too quick without thinking them through. And I've seen people get burned.
0: Yeah, exactly. Some people force them with bad land, with the numbers not working out, um, and they try to force it because uh, that's the only way they can make a deal happen is if they split this into five two-acre parcels. They don't talk to the county about restrictions, anything like that. You need to be having conversation with the county. You need to know. Uh, the other thing about this parcel is uh, over 10 acres, which is what we're doing, we do not need uh, county approval for any of it. Not just the mobile home thing. We also don't need county approval for the subdivision. You start going under 10 acres. Each of these counties have different rules on, on minor subdivisions and what you can do, what you can't do. Some counties will not let you subdivide. So if you buy it, expecting to be able to subdivide, don't talk to the county. Don't talk to people who are making those decisions. You might be burned really bad and might lose money. Um, but, uh, that being said, like, yeah, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's, there's so much opportunity in it, Dan.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about the value that we're bringing now because we talked about kind of the results and what can happen. And we'll get into the actual specific details and the price and everything right after this run. But let's talk about the value that we're bringing the, not only a the Seller, the future market as well because we're offering, instead of offering 40%, you know, 45%, 50%, you're able to pay more because you're splitting it up and you're able to make a better return because of that too because you're putting in these improvements your improvements are working in the right direction they're all working for you and you get exponentially more at the end and i think that's where a lot of value is one you're buying a big lot for you know cash close if you're doing it the way we teach on cash close to get it fairly quickly for a lot of money and not only that you're creating an opportunity on the back end for someone who's been looking for that 5 acre lot or that 10 acre lot that wasn't there and you're taking that 70 acres lot and making those 10 acre lots 7 10 acre lots and getting that future opportunity to the buyers, I just think from a value standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's really, really sustainable from that aspect.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're giving the we're giving value to the county as well. Like we're providing 10 places for primary residences in the county for them to get taxes from. Essentially, we're at there's a ton of value for what we're adding. It's not easy in terms of the operations behind everything we're doing. Um, But yeah, like you said, the seller to us, is getting really good cash return. We closed in two weeks, two and a half weeks from when they got our letter. Like that was extremely fast, $135,000 they got. Um, and then obviously we are turning a 70-acre hunting lot, maybe hunting with a mobile home on it lot, to seven primary residences um, where people can have a state sized lots. Like 10 acres is still a ton of land. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the end buyers are gonna be getting a solid deal as well to be 100% honest like we're not trying to sell these at 100% of market value they're going to get good deals um and obviously it's a win for us as well like doing this work putting in the effort to getting the subdivident, uh it makes sense to us as well obviously
1: exactly and i think the the cons of doing this a lot of times is the time right you can't just put it on that 70 acres on the market for whatever Ron said it was worth what did you say it was worth Ron uh probably
0: 240 250
1: you can't, we're not just putting that on for 240, 250 and getting our hundred thousand dollars out. We're putting that survey has to go there. He has to survey it off. He has to give it to our realtor. We have to file everything. We have to get it posted. It takes time. So the biggest con when doing this is it, like any other improvement out there, it takes more time, but you get exponential results. It's, it's more sustainable because it's harder for competitors to get into. Uh, it's just, you, you get to master a market and subdivide it like that, Ron. I think it's just overall more sustainable, harder to get into. And it it takes longer time. But that being said, like deal funders love these opportunities in our community, Ron, because the profit and the sustainability aspect, it's just a safe, instead of having one 70 acre lot, now you have 10 or seven, 10 acre lots, Ron. And the chances of those selling off, they're not going to all sell at once, but they sell off and there's a lot more buyers for 10 acres than 70 and they'll sell off relatively quick. So I think instead of having all your eggs in one basket, it kind of diversifies them too. So it's, it's really easy to get deal funding for good subdivision lots as well
0: yeah and i think i see us in terms of deal funding like partnering with a lot of members who are experienced who've done five deals themselves seven deals themselves and they get a deal that makes sense for this and our value bringing to people who are looking to get into subdividing i think can be huge and um from that deal funding aspect but yeah i mean from a deal funder aspect like it is very very safe if it's done correctly obviously doing due diligence is key Um, but if you have a good partner who is doing this, like it, it's extremely safe. And we were, we didn't pay a dime for this, Dan. Like that's another thing. We didn't pay a dime for this property. We are going to pay for the survey. So I guess that is paying a little bit. Um, but we had a partner who partnered with us on this uh, deal as well.
1: Exactly. So let's get into, we talked about the reasons behind it Ron. Let's get in. You said we purchased it for $135,000. That's about, let's say 60, 65% of retail value. Expected completion time to actually list it is a month, but a lot of times that's gonna be longer, just FYI. We just had yeah. a surveyor in that who took care of us. So a lot of times you might be looking at eight, ten week survey times. So that just depends. Always get those details before purchasing. So expected completion time for this, four weeks to get it listed. Size of lots, we have seven, 10 acre lots. Listing price for all those is sixty five thousand dollars, Ron. So we have ten seven acre lots for sixty five thousand, correct? O- opposite, opposite seven, ten acres, seven times sixty five, yeah. Seven, seven, ten acres. Yeah, that's what I meant. So then we have seven times 65,000, which is $455,000 of listing. Let's say we sell it for 0.93% of what it's listed for, which is probably fairly accurate. That's $425,000 about minus our $135,000. That gives us $288,000 of profit before any realtor payoffs and the investor and all that stuff. We'll make, we'll net over. And survey. We'll net over two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars on this easily, I would think.
0: Yeah. So with survey costs, like this is this is a pretty affordable survey for us. So he is charging us nine fifty, nine hundred fifty dollars per lot. So we're gonna have seven thousand dollars or so of survey cost. Our investor is gonna make whatever twenty, thirty thousand dollars, something like that. Um, whatever the numbers, I don't know exactly what that's gonna be. Um, but uh yeah, all in all, like I mean, it's going to be a longer turnaround. Like, I'm not expecting to have any profit for this within 60 days of when we purchase it, within 90 days, probably, because um, our investor is going to get their money back before we get paid anything. So that first $135,000 is going straight to our investor. Um, so if we sell two properties, sixty dollars uh, they are still going to get some of that third plus their return. Um, so we're going to sell three or four of these before we see any money, but at the same time, like with our position where we are, like, it just makes a ton of sense to do these longer, higher ROI deals. Um, especially when it's not our money, Dan, there's no, there's, there's not that there's no risk to us. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, when it's not our money and you have partnerships like that, it's very valuable.
1: And then after we sell three of them, we pay off. That's the thing, guys. Banks are always paid off first. Banks, investors, whatever. That's like your class A, that's your top they're always paid first. And then after that, we're going to get paid. So after we sell three properties off, the mortgage is paid off on the land and then everything comes to us. And I'm, that's going to be fun. That's, uh, that's always a fun part. <laughs> it's of it, it's so. crazy. Like it's just going to be especially with zero in. risk. All we had to do was get the deal. It, it was a lot of work, but we have an experienced team and we're experienced land investors. It's really not that hard at this point, Ron. It's just now that we have investors, we have a good team. We have good sales, you know, good salesman, COO now, and the process can just kind of repeat itself. And that's, It obviously took us a long time to get here, but that's the fun part of it. The more experience you get, the more things like this you can do, and it starts to feel easy for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think this is, I I think it's a huge value add for you guys. If you have done five, 10 flips, start thinking about this. It's not necessarily targeting this. Don't force these opportunities, but when the opportunities come around, like come uh, call the county, see what the subdivision requirements are, whatever it is we're not like overly like this is a focus of us as bigger deals and we knew with bigger deals a lot more subdivides uh, would come and like this one in particular this is a very profitable one but we're doing a lot of other ones that are not not profitable but they're less profitable than this one and that's why we want to talk about this cuz it's a good example um but uh start looking into it like it's definitely a future like you can make a lot of money long term with this 12 month projects 6 month projects whatever it is
1: Exactly, and to get these subdivision guys, what do you have to do? You have to go after bigger deals. That's what Ron has been preaching. Quit going after go go after the ten thousand deals, but dollar deals. But throw those aside. Go after those hundred thousand dollar, two hundred thousand dollar deals. There's so much money out there, so much subdivision. Go after fifty plus acres. Don't be scared to up that mail from two to 25 to two to a hundred acres. You gotta go after these for these opportunities to come. It will pay off, especially with direct mail blind offers like we teach. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps our business grow and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining and we'll see you next episode. Thanks. Thanks, guys.